Hey everybody, Andy Hamilton of Track Wrestling coming to you from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum in downtown Waterloo, Iowa. I'm joined again by our rankings wizard, David Mirakatani. Welcome back, David. How you doing, Andy? Doing well. Yourself? I'm good. I'm back on sleep the right time, getting my eight hours, so uh, I had a chance to do a lot of work on the rankings, feel, feel good about everything this week. Well, we're going to take a dive into the track wrestling rankings for this week. Not a ton of action on the college front, but there are a lot of changes within the rankings. David, looks like you took inventory on things and, and you opted to shake things up a little bit this week. What prompted all the changes? Um, it really had to do with just being gone and, you know, looking for data, but, you know, doing, being busy over there doing seminars and stuff like that. And then, you know, probably missed a few data points. Like I know at 125, I missed that Freddie Rodriguez had lost, and then he's, he's continued to have a, a tough slide right here. And then really just weighing out uh, really good wins versus really bad losses, wins and losses on the road, and then early season performance versus later season performance, probably not unlike the college football selection, you know, if you lose early in the year, it doesn't hurt hurt you nearly as badly as if you lose late in the year. So um, it helped that there were very few results this weekend and even probably fewer this coming weekend. And it just made sense to, uh, to, like you said, take stock, take inventory, do a reevaluation and and try to have everything as accurate as possible heading into uh, Midlands and Scuffle more or less taking a a look at entire body of work versus maybe wrestler a beaten wrestler B. uh, For sure. For sure. Yeah. So after the shakeup, Penn state hurdles, Iowa and moves up to number two in the rankings. The rest of the top 10 remains the same. The big movers this week are Arizona state and Virginia. The sun devils climb eight spots up to number 14. Cavaliers also make an eight notch climb up to 24. Let's take a run through all the weights and, and the big changes. At 125, the top seven all remain the same. Virginia freshman Jack Mueller moves up two notches to number eight. Eastern Michigan's Noah Gonzer makes the big move up to number 12 from 24. Iowa State freshman Marcus Simmons comes into the rankings at number 16. David alluded to this just a little bit ago. SIU Edwardsville's Freddie Rodriguez drops from number eight all the way down to number 20, and he's likely to fall further next week after suffering another defeat Monday night, losing 11-9 in overtime against Purdue's Ben Thornton. At 133, no changes in the top seven here, but holy smokes, Cade Brock looked impressive Friday night in a major decision win against Mark Gray, who had been ranked number 11. Scotty Parker moves up six notches to number 10. At 141, the top seven all remain the same here. The takeaway from the weekend for me was Oklahoma State's depth. The Cowboys won the Reno Tournament of Champions with a team of reserves. Oklahoma State freshman Boo Llewellyn takes down Joey Palmer, Javier Gasca, and Bryce Meredith on his way to the title at 141. David, if you're ranking 141 and we're putting backups into the equation, where do you have Llewellyn? Well, hi, we talked about it, right? Like probably top eight, top nine. And what's interesting is I know Boo because he wrestled for us two years ago in the Missouri Border Brawl, and he's just an awesome kid, 
really a yes or no sir kind of kid, but he's he struggled with health issues and you know had a an injury riddled uh, redshirt year. I think what impressed me the most about watching some of his matches this weekend was just he didn't seem surprised that he won, and the moment and and the opponent in no way overwhelmed him and. And we'll probably talk about this in a few minutes, but Oklahoma State's depth at a few weight classes is is pretty scary and, and leads you to believe there's not going to fall off off the you know the top or near the top of the mountain anytime soon for sure. Yeah, they'd be a good NAIA squad where you can you know, <laughs> enter twelve guys and multiple guys at at each, at, uh, each weight. I think they do all yeah. in NAIA. Um, they, they, also, they might place there. Yeah. <laughs> Also of note, Wisconsin's Cole Martin climbs eight spots up to number 13. CSU Bakersfield's Russell Rolfing moves up seven notches to number 15. And Ohio State freshman Luke Pletcher comes into the rankings at number 20. At 149, not much movement here, but Steve Bleese of Northern Illinois goes from 21 up to 16. At 157, very little movement throughout the top 25. At 165, Cornell's Brandon Womack pinned Oklahoma State's Chandler Rogers on Friday night. So he moves up from 18 to 12. Rogers falls from 8 to 13. That was the last match of the Cornell-Oklahoma State duel. The first one was Brian Realbudo used a late takedown to beat Kyle Crutchmer 3 to 2 on Friday. He goes from 7 to 6. Crutchmer falls from 4 to 7. At 184, Gabe Dean continues to smash opponents. His string of bonus point wins to start the season remains intact after posting a major decision victory Friday night against number four, Nolan Boyd. At 197, not a whole lot of movement in the top 25, but Tom Slay of Bucknell wins the Cleveland State Open, posts a victory in the finals against Owen Scott of Cornell. Slay moves up a couple notches to number 15. Scott falls from number 12 to number 16. At heavyweights, not a ton of movement here, but some subtle changes within the top 25. Nick Nevels of Penn State moves from five up to four. Austin Schaefer of Oklahoma State goes from eight up to five. Sam Stoll, we've yet to see him this season. He drops from four to six, but it's a possibility we'll see him next week at the Midlands Championships. Also of note, Chattanooga's Jared Johnson falls from number six to 12. And Craig Scott of Cornell comes into the rankings at number 18 after beating Oklahoma's Ross Larson, who drops from 15 to 19. So moving ahead to just some general takeaways for the weekend, David, what caught your attention? Well, I think the first thing overall for me was I was just really disappointed Penn State couldn't, you know, weather-wise couldn't get out to Reno because – they, they're they really good, but they haven't wrestled a great schedule yet. And I, we know they will when they've wrestled the Big Ten schedule, but it would have been nice to see them out there, although Oklahoma State didn't have their starters either, so it probably would have been not as uh, climatic as we would have liked it to be. I also think the duel with uh, Cornell and Oklahoma State was interesting. Um, Oklahoma State, when the year started, had – eight guys in the top eight, 20 or 33 through 97. And then Piccinini was kind of on the cusp and Schaefer was completely off the map. And Schaefer's done an unbelievable job. Um, the Crutchmore-Rio-Budo match, you knew it was going to be a one-point match. It's not really an upset. That match could go either way, any time. You know, but they, 
they lost points with Piccinini, and where they really lost points was with uh, Chandler Rogers. And Chandler Rogers is a guy that he might have the highest bonus point average in his matches, win or lose, if that's a statistic combined. You know, he's a he's a go for points all the time kind of guy. And Womack, I think, is the kid from Alabama you talked about that won a couple hundred matches in in high school, and he's really funky. And you know, neutral falls are or not his wasn't a neutral fall his was with a cradle but it was tight and you know he he had him and that's what happens um probably not a bad thing for Oklahoma State to to take some losses and kind of get refocused and uh get ready for Southern Scuffle I think it also shows you that Cornell you know they've got some top flight guys that can score a lot of points and then you combine that with uh some some guys that are coming through, you know, they're good at heavyweight and they didn't even have their starter there. Bauman's looked really good and Macri hasn't wrestled. And then I guess just on a personal note, Kate Brock looks like the truth this year. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen because it's a really good weight, but that kid looks like he's figured it out and is scoring a lot of points in a lot of different ways. I counted six different takedowns he scored. And when you can do that against a guy as good as Gray, you're going to be dangerous. For sure. You know, let's talk about the national duels a little bit. Cornell, Oklahoma State sets the pecking order a little bit for those teams. You know, you mentioned a lot about that duel. The Cowboys won six matches but gave up the two pins, and that duel was close late. John Smith talked a little bit about the duel afterwards. Well, you know, you know, you give up two pins, and it always kind of drowns the, uh, uh, the win out. Uh, you know, the, the last uh, match, you know, score when he got pinned. 4-0. 4-0. 4-0 and getting ready to maybe get a 3 or 4 point near fall. All of a sudden 8-0. You know, um, kind of being ready to go. Uh, it's real important. Uh, protecting your legs a little bit. But, you know, I, didn't, I don't think we had a great match, but at the same time uh, I was glad we kind of grinded out matches that we needed to win. And, and uh, Preston Weigel last year, I'm not sure he could have found a way to win. Uh, but it's good to see him, you know, find a way to win. Of course, uh, uh, Brock uh, from 33 to 57 ended up being pretty important that we win those four straight. So, uh, yeah, not the perfect match, but, uh, you know, a team that looked like they were a little bit more seasoned than us um, in a lot of different positions. So, uh, it'll help us. It'll help us. See what's debut. Joe's debut. Yeah, you know, I just think, yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, for him, just uh, making the weight class and going out and picking up a major decision. Of course, that wasn't their starter, but um, it's it's a bonus. He'll get better from this point. Any other thoughts on that dual meet, David? Yeah, I think it was it was good to see Joe Smith wrestle. I mean, we you know we had him ranked, and we were you know we've talked about guys like him and Manley and stolen these guys so it was good to have him wrestle and he looked really good um so for whatever reason he was out it seems like uh whatever it was whether it was weight or injury or or whatever the case may be that it's not bothering him now and he had a lot of attacks and actually physically looked a little bigger than last year which i'm sure will help him as well so it was it was nice to see him compete one other duel worth noting last week, Appalachian State ran its SOCON record to 3-0 and with a 24-13 victory against Campbell. That puts uh, Appalachian State 
in the lead in the SOCON standings for, you know, bidding for that spot in the national duels as well. We usually spend our time here talking about college wrestling, but certainly there's a lot to talk about on the high school front. Uh, you know, we're getting to these holiday tournaments. One of them was a couple blocks down the street from my office at Battle of Waterloo. Uh, David, did you get a chance to, to watch the three-second pin there? I've been really busy this weekend. I did not have three seconds to watch that match. I apologize. Well, if you can set aside three <laughs> seconds, I'd encourage you. To check that uh, yeah. one out. If you can, you can work three seconds into your busy schedule. Rocky Lombardi, a senior, 220-pounder from West Des Moines Valley High School, registered the three-second pin Saturday night at the Battle of Waterloo. Lombardi is one of the top high school quarterback prospects in the country. He's headed to Michigan State on a football scholarship, but he's a heck of a wrestler, too. We had a chance to visit with Rocky. We're joined now by West Des Moines Valley 220-pounder Rocky Lombardi. Rocky registered what's been recorded as a three-second pin Saturday night at the Battle of Waterloo, which ties a national high school record. If you haven't seen it yet, be sure to check out the footage on track wrestling. Rocky is ranked 11th nationally by Intermat at 220 pounds. He placed third at the Iowa State High School meet last season, but football is his future. I like to tell people that he throws right-handed spirals and left-handed headlocks. He's headed to Michigan State to play quarterback. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but let's get to the pin first. Now, there's some debate about whether it was three seconds, four seconds, or maybe five since the clock didn't get started right away, but there's no doubt it was one of the fastest pins in Iowa high school wrestling history. Rocky, you've had a lot of experience with quick pins. What did you think when you popped up and saw the clock at 157? Yeah, well, uh, you know, like you said, I've I've pinned kids pretty quickly before, so I didn't really think much of it. But once I saw that 157 on the clock, um, I was pretty excited, as you could see in the video. Uh, I already set the school record last year at five seconds, so I've been trying to break that um, for a few of my matches this year. Um, so it was just a, you know, kind of almost a weight off my shoulders. That I was like, oh man, I just 157 just broke it. That's, that's awesome. You've had five pins now of 11 seconds or fewer in the last 13 months. You, you had another one Saturday that came off a headlock in 18 seconds. Um, you had one last year that was recorded at, you know, I think six seconds. Sure seems like you were going out there trying to break some quick pin records. You mentioned uh, the, the school record. What what did you think was possible? Um, I don't know. I, I thought I thought probably four was about the fastest you could get. Um, you know, he's got to be on his back for summer FSA 2, summer FSA 3. Um, regardless, I think that it takes at least a second to get somebody on the mat. Um, so three seconds was, you know, pretty awesome. Uh, I, I watched the film. It, it looked pretty quick. Um, I'm not sure exactly how fast it was, but uh, pretty excited. We mentioned football at the top, and back when I was covering you both in football and wrestling at the Des Moines Register, I remember you telling me about – your throwing shoulder getting cranked on once in a match a couple of years ago and how you freaked out after that, that you, you couldn't fully raise your arm for a few days. You know, you don't see many blue chip quarterback prospects on the mat. You know, we go back a, a few years and Iowa State's Joel Lanning was a state medalist uh, at 220 pounds as well. I believe he finished third at state meet, but I can't think of many others who have wrestled. Did any of the football coaches who recruited you, Express concern about wrestling during the process, or, or were they all for it? Um, no, none of, none of the coaches really um, 
expressed concern at all. I think Iowa liked it, and I think that's one of the reasons why Iowa pulled the trigger on me. You know, they weren't 100% set on me being a quarterback, but um, they knew I could be an athlete, and I think uh, wrestling for sure helped me get that offer. Um, and then Coach Coach Antonio seems to like it a lot that I wrestle, and um, you know he thinks it's cool, thinks it's something that's unique about me, um, and something that's you know probably going to help me down the road. What is it about wrestling that that got you started in the sport, and, and what is it that's kept you coming back and putting it on the line year after year? Yeah, I mean I've I've been wrestling for a long time. Um, my dad threw me into the room when I was real young. Um, you know, just kept coming back to it. It's just something that, you know, you get in a routine year after year, you just go back to the wrestling room. Um, and then when I got older, I started to kind of learn the values that wrestling teaches and, you know, how good it is for you physically and mentally. Um, I think it's one of the best sports out there. For sure, I'm going to make my kids wrestle, until, at least until they're old enough to decide. Um, but I guess just the lessons you learn, and the mental toughness you get from it, the physical toughness you get from it, just keeps me coming back. You placed third last year in a pretty tough bracket at the Iowa State meet. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of the guys who finished ahead of you are, are Division One guys. Ethan Anderson's already at Oklahoma State. Wyatt Reed's headed to Nebraska. If I remember correctly, you were you were just starting to get a bunch of football scholarship offers rolling in during February around the time of the state tournament or shortly thereafter. Did any of the schools talk to you about wrestling? Did um, not a ton, no. I mean, I've gotten some, some letters and whatnot. Coach Young says he's getting some calls, but, um, you know, mostly Coach Young obviously is going to tell him that he's a football player, you know, don't, I mean, you could try to recruit him if you want, but I'm just, you know, I'm just letting you know that he's going to go play football somewhere. Um, so, I, I mean, obviously I'm not upset about not getting any wrestling looks or whatever, but yeah, I think that's why most of them not getting much of any wrestling looks. Next year at this time, you're going to be, you know, wrapping up or, or getting close to wrapping up your first season with the Spartans. What do you think you're going to miss about wrestling at this point a year from now? Um, just the the connections you make, you know, there's, it's, you know, all sports you make friends and, um, you know, you build this bond between you and your teammates. But wrestling is a little different, you know. Um, it's a it's more of an individual sport, although it is team as well. Um, it's mostly individual. So I think being a wrestling teammate is a little different. It's almost more respect than a brotherhood, if you know if you know what I mean. So I guess I'm just gonna miss being able to see you know Spencer Hutchinson, Connor Corbin, um, Joel Shapiro, Grant Stotts, all those guys. I know you know they work their butts off every day. Um, and just the amount of respect that I have for those guys. So it's just going to be a little different, you know, being in the winter and just lifting and running for football and stuff and, you know, only doing football stuff and not doing wrestling. So I guess just the vacancy in the in the winter mostly is what I'm going to miss. Well, hey, Rocky, thanks so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, you too. Thank you. On that note, David, what's the fastest pin you ever had? I think I probably had like a 15-second pin in Greco one time, like back in high school. You know, somebody walked in with their head up and, and I had locked them. But nothing like three seconds, that's for sure. That's that's pretty incredible. What's the fastest you've ever seen? 
I think one year when I was coaching at Merrimack, you know, we were wrestling at some open tournament. I looked across the mat, and they blew the whistle, and the guy hit a double leg and, you know, swam right up to a half and pinned the guy in like seven or eight seconds. And, you know, it's probably like the second-round consolation match. So it's it's kind of almost just funny, shocking. But anytime you see quick pins, especially at a high level, it's 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 surprising, you know, because – Usually guys are evenly matched and they're good at not going to their back. So whenever you see something like that, it's it's crazy. I think the last pin I saw with two really good guys was, and then the, they turned the tables, was the uh, Cody Brewer, Nation Garrett semi at Nationals. And then, uh, you know, Garrett won that one. And then Brewer just, you know, turned the tables at the Bill Farrell. So um, seeing guys that good get pinned is is, is really kind of a surprise when you're looking at something like that. Anything else you want to hit this week? We're going to be talking next week quite a bit about the holiday tournaments, the Midlands, the Southern Scuffle, but uh, anything you want to get to before Christmas yet? Yeah, the team scores have tightened up. Uh, I mean, and I think we all expected that to happen. Oklahoma State, you know, started on top, and they're still on top, but – you know, in my scores are seven points apart. Other folks have me even closer. And seven points, I mean, certainly it's impossible that these top four or five schools, every guy will place exactly where we have them ranked. But if they did, I think Penn State would be the favorite just because I think they can out-bonus Oklahoma State by seven and a half points. So all these guys, all these teams have guys that can move up, you know, like Penn State, they can get Cortez back up in the rankings, Gulabon back up in the rankings, uh, Shakur Rashid, you know, back up in the rankings. Um, and, you know, they've got Mark Hall sitting in the wings. Iowa's got some guys that can move up, and they've got Marinelli sitting in the wings. And Oklahoma State, you know, Chandler Rogers wouldn't have to do a whole lot to move right back up into the top eight. He just has to have a good Southern scuffle. And he's one of their bigger bonus point guys. Uh, and then Piccinini was undefeated and, and he got beat. It was a neutral fall. You have to uh, rank him accordingly after that. But again, it wouldn't be shocking if he wrestled his way back into the rankings. So I think those of us that are fans and I, and I consider myself one, and I, I know from talking to you, how much you love the sport. It's fun, you know, thinking we don't know who's going to win the nationals right now. In some years it's always felt like, well, this team or that team's going to win. It would take a miracle this year. I mean, we have Ohio State fourth, and if they won it, I would not be surprised. I mean, they're they're awfully good, and they, they might have the most potential finalists. So um, I know next week will be a really quiet week for us rankings-wise, and we'll look ahead, and then it'll be absolute chaos after Midlands and Scuffle, those, you know, two days each with a couple days in between there. It's, it's going to be a lot of spreadsheeting, trying to get everything as accurately as possible for sure. That'll do it for this week's breakdown. Thank you again, David Mirkatani, for your time and insights. Andy, it's been a, a, a great couple months working with you. I really appreciate uh, all your help and guidance, and have a great holiday. Thank you. You too. If you're listening to us on iTunes, be sure to check out trackwrestling.com. We'll be rolling out our weekly Division One Conference Notebook series here again soon. If you're listening to us on the Track Wrestling portal, You can find us on iTunes through the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Thanks again for joining us this week. We'll be back again next week. Happy holidays, everybody. 
show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.